Welcome to Brain Wealth with Brian Reppel from Reppel Wealth Group. Join us on a transformative journey where we explore the powerful connection between mindset, financial success, and cutting-edge biohacking. Gain actionable insights from Brian and his guest experts in psychology, finance, and personal development as they examine the world of biohacking to supercharge your mental and physical well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, financial enthusiast, or simply eager to enhance your health and mindset, let this podcast be your guide to holistic abundance. Now, let's get ready to unlock your brain wealth. And welcome to the very first episode of the Brain Wealth Podcast. Brian, good to see you. Good to be with you. This is the very first podcast episode. So let's start with why the name Brain Wealth. What's up with that? Yeah, thanks, Bill, for uh, asking that question. So it's been a long time coming. The term itself, we know what the brain is. We think we do, and we have a definition for it. Yeah, And we also have a definition of what many think what wealth stands for. And it's the combination of both those passions that kind of spun the creation of coming out with a concept around what brain wealth is about. And I'm going to start with the second part. Because a lot of times we we think about wealth as just in the form of money yeah. and, and what money is. But wealth is so much greater than money or the term rich and what that means. And money by itself is not that important. Money by itself is not that important. Now, money does allow some significant things to happen for you and your family to experience things, to contribute and be part of life, really to take take advantage of things. But wealth is more unique than just money. Wealth is the uh, is the ultimate fulfillment of your relationships. It's your it is your money. It is your family. It's the experiences of life. And the greatest part about full wealth is the ultimate fulfillment, a spiritual guidance, a, a connection. And uh, when, you, when you gain all those different elements of wealth, you, you're just hitting on all cylinders. It's, it's like life is full in alignment. And so that's the part where wealth really comes in. And uh, the part about the brain is the brain is the creation. It's the designer. It's the... Uh, the words we think create our create our lights. Uh, there's a line that says, uh, "Our words create our world." And mm-hmm. so, if our uh, if our brain is the creation of all this, uh, how do we align the brain with with ultimate uh, uh, fulfillment of wealth and uh, and help? Part of it is biohacking. What I'm really a big fan of too is uh, the health side of life, and it's and it's a combination of both these things. Uh, how do we create the greatest fulfillment of life through brain wealth? And it's tying those two concepts together. Uh, it's fascinating, actually. That that is actually terrific. So that begs my next question because I'm sitting here listening to this answer, and I'm thinking. Well, with that kind of answer, I'm kind of surprised you're a financial advisor. So, because <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't seem to fit in my mind necessarily. So, so how or why did you decide to become a financial advisor? The story really is rooted back to 25 years ago when I came in the industry in 1998, and I was graduating college. Um, and I could probably go back before that when I changed. Well, when I did not change my major, I was between my sophomore, and my junior year in college. I 
had all my courses set up because as any good student, my classes would start at 11. So you could study all morning. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Sure, Brian. Right. right. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I noticed my syllabus had changed to classes starting at 7, 38, nine o'clock. And I was like, wait, they got this thing really messed up. And when I went to go speak to the, the the guidance counselor, she says, well, this is your new schedule. Your father has changed your major. And I said, well, what am I in now? And it was a unique <laughs> major at the time uh, at a unique school called Campbell University. And they had a the very first trust management degree in the country. And the trust management degree was working with, uh, we would get hired by banks to work in their trust departments for high net worth individuals. My father said, this is going to be a great major. You're going into it. And that's the degree I went. So the day I graduated, he called up. So what are your plans now? I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina, serving, working at a bar, a waiter, bartender, having the fun yeah. time of life, 22. And I said, oh, I'm going to stay in Raleigh and be a bartender. And basically his answer was, there will be a U-Haul at your door this weekend. <laughs> Pack your stuff up. You're coming home to work in the business. And- how I got in the financial industry was we are a, a financial firm. My father started back in 1982. We have offices all around the country with financial advisors all around the country. And he said, you're coming home, you're working in the business. And uh, then from there, I just started seeing the love, the passion, the the impact he has had on so many lives. Yeah. I just remember seeing people hugging him saying, thank you through so many different transitions that people had in their lives and, and uh, just really wanted to be, be, be part of that and grow my own niche in the marketplace. And that's kind of begin to happen over 25 years in it. So as you said, like, I don't hear many people that talk about health and wealth and these things and brain wealth. And what I really got into about seven, eight years ago was it was the optimization saying, what if you had all the money in the world. You had all the money that was going to make you happy to take care of your family, to have the experiences, but you had poor health. That's not optimal. You're Steve Jobs. So you can have all the finances, you can have all these great experiences, but you're not healthy. But what if on the other side is you had really great health, you have great health, you're going to live a long time, but you don't have the finances to keep pace with that health. Well, that's not optimal either because you're not going to get all the experiences that life can offer. So what I really got into when I seen that out of clients was, wow, how do you really help educate on both sides? So individuals can have the money for their future, the typical, the financial planning side, but also begin educating on the health side. Because the last thing is you don't want to see dementia, uh, uh, different things of the brain or the body set in over time when we have so many great access to resources now to educate on how to hack the body, how to hack the brain. So you can really get optimization on both sides, not just optimization financially, but how do you get great optimization of your body so you can live a fulfilled life healthy off of the medication? And one of the things, Bill, I always I love this comment that I, I started really thinking through a long time ago was there are two versions of you. Okay. There's a version that's shown up today And that's accumulation of all the things of the past. Mm -hmm. There's a version that's shown up today, whether that's in your health or your money or your relationships, whatever it may be, there's there's the accumulation of all the things that where we are today. Then two, there's a future version of you. There's a future 
health version of you that lays out there 10, 15, 20 years from now. There's a future wealth version of you 10, 15, 20 years from now. And the question is, how is that future you going to show up? Is it going to celebrate the future health? Is your future health going to say, thank you for beginning to make decisions 20 years ago, so I'm not on the medication 20 years from now, or my body feels amazing 20 years from now because of the decisions I can start making today using the resources and the the information we're going to share on brain wealth for these individuals. The same thing with your future wealth. So uh, really just trying to get people to think the future version of them awaits them. And uh, the decisions we make today will impact that future. There's no doubt about that. There's none at all. Wow, there's an awful lot to unpack in there, Brian. <laughs> this, is, this is fascinating, actually. So how do you do that with a client? That's, I mean, you know, I've, I've sat down with financial advisors before. I have a financial advisor. We did not have this conversation. So I'm curious about what the reaction is to people who sit down with, you know, pr- prospective clients. who sit down and say, hey, Brian, and you, you, you tell them this. What is it that you do for them? I mean, what this is an interesting conversation. What it is, I think it's it's all about where people are in their journey. What are they willing to hear? What do they want to hear? Yeah. Um, and I think that's and that's that's with finances, it's with spirituality, uh, it's with all elements of life. Where are mm-hmm. people in their own journey and what are they willing to invest into? What's important to them? And I think the greatest thing is giving people the space that they can hear that information is available, just like teaching things on wealth, uh, giving people the space, the the information, so they can process it. And the biggest thing is, I think it's allowing people, uh, and I always say this, allow space in your mind for flexibility. Allow the space for your mind to be flexible, to receive new information that you may not be aware of because we have such thick belief systems. And that belief system can really disrupt our ability to progress to the future. And I think when you frame it in such a way that there is a future you now, individuals that show up at 60, 65, 70, sometimes they have a mentality saying uh, it's too late. Well, you're putting language to what's too late. <laughs> That's just language. I hope it's not too late. <laughs> it's never too late. It is always available to change. And really a lot of the, uh, the impact I'm seeing is on the next generation, the, the individuals, I am 48 and it's having an impact on that next generation, the, f- the 35, the 45, 55 year old, uh, that really says, you know what? I align with the thinking you have, Brian, about achieving ultimate health without being on pain medications, without having to go to the doctors, without the typical track that most people run on. What are alternative ways that I can hack my body, that it can get ultimate healthy results in the most natural way. Um, and the same thing applies to the wealth side. How do you sure. do on both sides? So I think there's a there's a growing marketplace that's really open to the learning and education of these uh, these concepts and principles and just thought processes. Yeah. Okay. But then with that in mind, who's your ideal client? I mean, who who are you delivering this message to? Who, who, who would you like to see show up at your door? Yeah, you know what? That's great. Thanks, Bill. Uh, it's interesting. When I came in the business in 1998, 25 years ago, I was, because my father had a, I'm going to call it a, when I say older, that is, yes, an older practice because he'd been around for so long, right? 20 plus years, older. But then the clients I was, we were serving as well were older as well. So they were generally in the 60s and 70s uh, and 80s. 
So I just learned from a, from a, coming in as a young individual, 22, 23, to serve an older demographic and how to, use, how to language, how to build trust. And we didn't have this information 25 years ago. The biohacking, the health space has really evolved in the last six, seven, eight years. So the demographic that I'm really looking to tap into under the brain wealth principles and strategy and the guest will be that the generation X market and the people that we currently serve, because they there will be concepts and thoughts that I hope can serve the people that are 60, 65, 70, to know that there's so much life still available. Uh, but the next generation, the generation X market, the 40-year-old, the 50-year-old, the 35-year-old, uh, to really give them the information of, because they have such the, the timeline is so much longer and available for them uh, that they can make such great changes to their bodies, to their relationships, to their money uh, over the next 20, 30 years of their lives. You're talking about a relationship with with money and with themselves that I don't hear a whole lot. That, that, that's actually interesting. Unique, but I think is a good word, good way to put it there. You mentioned you graduated from college and you, and you went into work. I'm, I'm curious, just while we're here, in terms of what kind of designations do you have, certifications do you have, you know, what, what hangs on your wall, <laughs> if you will? You know, it's funny. Uh, I, honestly, I don't try to hang anything on my wall except for compliments or things for my vision of the future. Uh, and I really, I, I mean that because designations are a form of you, you passed and accomplished something, but competency and connection to people are an entirely different ability. So from a fully licensed, our family firm is by traditional means, we are what's called a broker dealer, a registered investment advisory firm. So okay. curious, all the securities licenses, insurance, and the space that we're really going into is instead of calling ourselves even a uh, just even what's called a broker dealer or reg- or just a financial advisor or a wealth manager, we're really seeing ourselves in the marketplace right now as we are a fintech using the latest financial technology wealth mm-hmm. management firm in the e- providing education and marketing, and we're really going into the, using the latest financial technology in our planning. And just like we biohack our, we can biohack our bodies through some of the latest technology. We're doing the same thing in the financial technology space in the wealth management, providing education and marketing to the marketplace. Wow, I want to get more into that, but that'll that'll be the second episode because I sure. really want to talk about the firm and, and what you're doing and and how you do it. So I want to stay with you for a second just to get a better idea of who you are and who I'm listening to, if you will. And I'm going to go off track a little bit and and. The biohacking suggests to me a really rich life outside of the world of finance. And I guess an appropriate question there would be, are you active in your community? And if so, in what kind of ways are are, are you engaged? Yeah. So one of the quarters I was really active for uh, for a few years, and it just uh, I'll, I'll talk about the transition was when I got involved, one of the fastest growing biohacking companies in the country. Mm-hmm. And I had I had purchased a franchise. I was a franchisee. And the company was called OsteoStrong. And so OsteoStrong was just really was my introduction into the taking the very first step of a massive investment to purchase a franchise here in Orlando, brought the very first one. And that was such a great outreach to the community because I wanted things that I'm inspired by to have an impact on people's lives. And Austria Strong was, uh, we'll get into it in later podcasts, and I'll have guests that come on that are from the firm itself. 
but they have such a unique product that does what's called skeletal strength development. And what was really neat, because you're asking the question about the community was when I would come into the center and and meet the different guests or or members that would come in there and they would just share their stories about uh, women that had osteopenia, osteoporosis, maybe they start taking estrogen at a certain age and then all of a sudden they might develop breast cancer. And after they were healed from breast cancer, they found out because all the medicine they were taking, their bones were brittle. They had osteopenia, osteoporosis. Now they're being prescribed new medicine to just try to make the bone stronger. And they were like, we're done with the medicine. And when they came to our center and they learned about the technology that was available through OsteoStrong that could, that can strengthen the bones naturally, that was a biohack. And I would have women just say, thank you for bringing this, the impact it was having on their lives, the confidence it was, they were regaining in their bodies uh, to go out and live life. And one of the coolest stories I always had was because I'd go, I was not an active in the center every day, yeah. but it was always around uh, the holiday season, Christmas time. I'd go in the center and I would see a hundred cards lined up on the countertop. And I said, where are these cards coming from? And they're like, these are all from members. And I would read them and I would get a tears like, wow, what a great impact we're having on all these lives uh, where they're, they are feeling the stories of just feeling confident. They're, they're back living, they're active again. They're able to play with their grandchildren. They're able to go pick up their groceries. And that was just a, it's uh, just an amazing result to see the confidence restored back in so many people. And then you can talk about the re- the results they were getting uh, from the health side as well. But I just think when you can see the the emotional feeling that people get is just uh, overwhelming. Wow, that's pretty impressive, actually. That's interesting. So, what do you do for fun? Yeah, for fun. So it's really neat that uh, I'm I'm very blessed. I live. I, I would say very few people probably can say this, but because I'm from Orlando, Florida. And uh, I grew up on the same, the lake I live on now, I live on the same lake that my parents live on. They live on one side of the lake. My sister and her family live four houses down in the middle of the lake. And I live on the other side of the lake. So it's a pretty cool experience to be able to be that close to your family. And so if it's not hanging out on the lake and enjoying time with them and just jet skiing and playing fun toys on the water, I do a lot of traveling. I am a big learner, student of the financial game, the health game. And so it is traveling to different conferences. I am a uh, sometimes too much of a conference junkie, but I have learned that there's a line by Tony Robbins that has always stuck in my head. I've been a Tony Robbins uh, follower. I have traveled with him for uh, seven years, been to many events. But the line that he said that has always stuck with me is, it's in the moments of decision, your destiny is shaped. Mm. And I love that line. It's because, because of that line of, I've been able to say yes to certain things where others would say no and question out of fear of the unknown uncertainty. I've leaned into it to say, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to show up. Let me see what unfolds for me. It has really just opened up opportunities. It's opened up relationships. It's opened up new businesses. It's sometimes to a default. Uh, I like to learn too much and I like to travel and experience things. And um, But it's also given me the access to 
expand my mind, expand opportunities to have greater outreach on the things of what brain wealth is going to be doing, the resources, the people, the relationships that they'll experience. Yeah. My so, favorite, Tony, my favorite Tony Robbins line. I have one as well, which is if not now, when it's a great line. It's a great line. Isn't it? It's fantastic. And that, and by the way, that line applies to what this podcast is really about that future you, because people can hear stuff and say, all right, well, I'm going to Google it. Okay. I'm going to go and research it. Okay. Maybe. Or if, if I have this, I will do that sometime in the future. Well, if you've heard something, if not now, then when, why not make massive action and take massive action when you hear it? Make the call to action, do it. And I've leaned into that and that's helped really create a lot of, when I call it success, that's just not wealth, just overall, the wealth part of success, the relationships, the money, the health, bringing all that together. So it's always just keeping more in alignment. Well, you mentioned the S word, so I have to ask it. What is your definition of success? Uh, so my really definition of success is a pyramid and that very top of ultimate fulfillment where all things are just aligned, your your money, your time, where you can have the time to do what you want, be where you want, be anywhere in the world when you want. And the third part of that is how do you create the magic in life? And what is that magic for you in life? Magic to me are, it's not voodoo, but I didn't say magic and voodoo. I'm right. saying magic as the mystical, the fun, the experiences, the contribution, the giving, the impact you can have. Uh, it's when your the hair rises in your arm, the goosebumps come come around your body because you know you're just contributing something that's special. And those things, the, to me, success is when all things are in aligned like that, where you you're having the money, you have the time, you're having the magic and impact, and you're you're getting that ultimate fulfillment in life. Your relationships, your health, all things are aligned, and that's that very top of the pyramid that you're you're striving for. I love listening to people's definitions of success. Everybody's got a different definition, as you probably well know. Sure. And, uh, you know, that, that that is a really great definition. I'm going to close out this podcast with kind of a simple question, but I, I don't know if I could answer it in terms of what is your proudest achievement to date? Oh, wow. I, I, one, I would always go back to, one, my faith, faith in God. I, that would always just be a just a foundational root. Mm -hmm. Um uh, just always uh, one, always having that relationship, one knowing that. And I'd say success is that's, that's that ultimate fulfillment. So I'd always lay that as my foundational greatest success because it gives so much peace. But from a world's perspective, we talked about uh, hanging things on the wall or right. de degrees, designations, the world stuff that defines it. I would say one of the things that hangs right behind me, it's um, one of the uh, ultra endurance events that I was able to accomplish two years ago. Yeah, called 29029. And it's the uh, hike in a mountain, 36 hours, doing it multiple times in a uh, 36 hour period. And I would even say my finishing the first one two years ago, Snow Basin uh, in Utah, accomplishing that one. And I really say one of my greater successes was not finishing when I did year number two, I did Jackson Hole this year and not finishing it and completing it. I got to about hour 30, got dehydrated, the body fell apart. And why would someone say, well, Brian, why would that be a success? I was actually getting that jersey framed and I was telling uh, one of my coaches and friends are like, you're gonna frame that jersey? And I said, yeah, cause I wanna look at it every day 
because there's so much success driven in the root of not finishing something. And it's the drive that comes out of, and we'll share this later on the podcast because I call it whispers from the mountain. And when you're in the state of your body is failing, your mind is just really doubting or giving you uh, resistance, the mountain will speak to you. Call that God, call it whatever you want to call it, but they're whispers from the mountain. And I gained some great whispers in my last mountain where I did not finish it. I did not accomplish it, but there were many successes that came from it that created a new me. And I do look at that as success. So I'll share a lot of that in a later podcast because whispers from the mountain are pretty cool. And I think a lot of people can resonate with some of the stories that, uh, that I gained to transfer on. That's fantastic. I look forward to hearing those stories. I look forward to more of these episodes. This is great. You know, we've reached the end of this one. This is the first one. For those of you who are listening, there are more to come. There's more to come. So let me just encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. You won't miss another episode. Brian, thank you. That was a fantastic first episode. It was really terrific. And listeners, thank you for taking the time to listen. If listeners want to get a hold of you, Brian, how do they reach out to you? How do they get contact with you? Absolutely. Uh, You'll be able to find me on LinkedIn. You'll be able to find my email, which is brian at gareple.com. Or you can reach out to our office number, 407-339-9090. Or hit me up on Facebook, too. Fantastic. Thank you. And a last thank you is to you, our listeners. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, we would humbly ask that you rate it and share it with other people. Help spread the word about the podcast. And as we leave you with this one, this is Bill Tucker on behalf of Repl Management, reminding you to go out and make it a great day or not. It's your choice. Thank you. Thank you for listening to BrainWell with Brian Repl. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.repplewealthgroup.com. That's R-E-P-P-L-E wealthgroup.com. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Brian Repel. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Brian Reppel is a registered representative and investment advisor member of FINRA SIPC.